Welcome to Steve's Cottage with Steve Horner. Steve Horner, a former radio talk show host, helps spotlight the source of today's social chaos while offering practical solutions to the problems negatively affecting you and your family. And now, here's Steve. Welcome. Welcome. Come in. So, you want to come and talk to the Nazi again, eh? Okay, well, come on in, and I've got some big surprises for you. Meanwhile, Achtung, baby! Guess what? I'm just fooling you again. It's old good old Steve here at Steve's Cottage, but we are going to be talking about some uh, interesting concepts that we've been kind of leading up to in the last uh, uh, several episodes. Today's title is who are today's Nazis? Now, I've got this uh, goofy wig on that I made back in the 1990s when uh, my boys and I, J.J. and Paul, and we were uh, lip-syncing, and we ended up getting the blue ribbon at the great big 4th of July party in Apple Valley, Minnesota, which was on the big uh, uh, Civic Center field just, just a couple of blocks from us. And, um, and that's in episode 11 we uh, imitated uh, the Three Stooges, Larry, Co- uh, Larry Moe, and Curly, and so I was uh, Larry. And uh, and 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 why I'm wearing this today is to show you that anybody these days can be called. Uh, he's a Nazi. Well, why is that? Uh, I don't agree with him, but they'll never confess that. Oh, he's just he hates women. Or he's, uh, he hates homosexuals, or he hates Muslims. We, he's just weird, you see. He's a Nazi. So anybody wearing anything, being anybody, happy, sad, big, tall, whatever, can be called a Nazi if certain people don't agree with you and or your agendas. So they will put a label on you, and uh, as they have done to me on Facebook. Oh, he's a Nazi. Oh, he's an effing Nazi. Oh, yeah, boy, I'll tell you, we just don't agree with him. Bad, 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 evil person, you see. Well, look what they're doing to Trump, and look what they've done to Trump over the years. And I'm going to get to this in just a moment, and I'm going to I'm going to surprise the heck out of you with what I've brought to the the shop today. Just because his enemies don't like what he says, it's the same as Jesus in Passion Week, Holy Week. Now a lot of you will say, "Wait a minute, Trump is nothing like Jesus." I didn't say that he is. What I'm saying is that isn't it ironic that last week when we're celebrating the lead up to Easter with Passion Week, the week that uh, we commemorate the week of Jesus being prosecuted and persecuted, hung on the cross to die and resurrected. Look what was going on during in, in the national context, in the, in the national news, during the same week. Trump was being prosecuted and persecuted. For what? The same as what Jesus was. We just don't like what he's saying. So I'm not saying Jesus and Trump are on the same 
uh, portrait. What I'm saying is that their enemies are. The enemies are exactly the same. <clears throat> there are a bunch of weasels, <clears throat> excuse me, that just simply don't like what Jesus was saying or don't like what Trump was saying. And so they're ripping them down, tearing them apart and crucifying them. With Trump, it's more metaphorically with Jesus, the real thing. And Trump certainly has resurrected himself in the past. Let's see if he does it again. I hope he does. He's my kind of guy. He's a table thumper. Is he right on everything? No. None of us are. But he is my type of guy. Because he points the... Uh, the root of the problem to people, and, and, and they don't like that. I remember when I was running for school board in Dakota County, just south of Minneapolis in St. Paul, where I lived with my boys. We had a nice home, did the single parenting, wrote the books. And you can see all that at stevehornerbooks.com. And there's a lot of platforms that I haven't uh, spoken about over the years but or, or over the course of time that I've been doing this podcast. But... Uh, uh, stevehornerbooks.com is where you can find this podcast along with the self-written books that I think you'll enjoy and we'll uh, kind of connect further connect the dots about some of the things that you hear here on this uh, podcast from Steve's Cottage where by the way we aren't doing bush light and uh, bush uh, we're not doing uh, Bud light. no bu uh, bush light. Bud light no bush light I, I'm not I'm not doing any oh. Budweiser beer yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not supporting the, uh, I, I, that's right. I'm not supporting the alphabet people. And, uh, and, uh, and, and the Ford Foundation is emailing me, wanting me to support. And I'm saying I'm about ready to turn in my Ford Focus because I don't want to support your uh, bid to uh, promote alphabet people either. I think it's immoral and wrong, and I just absolutely think that it's a uh, it's a wrong place for America to to go. And those and those boys and girls ought to stand up tall and get a backbone, say some prayers, read some books, and uh, and uh, uh, do some exercises, and uh, and 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 get on a course and walk uh, with God, and uh, and uh, and be strong, and uh, find yourself being a heck of a lot happier. But uh, so I'm back to the Keystone Light. You know, that's a Coors beer and they've got their alphabet uh, situations uh, too. But uh, I'm just switching over because Bush Light here is uh, part of the uh, Budweiser crowd. And uh, they're sure coming on strong in support of the alphabets. But, uh, but the big problem here is, I think, with apathy. And uh, I remember running for school board in Dakota County. And I was up on the bleachers with a great big audience, you know, and uh, I see myself, I guess maybe the audience was on bleachers and I was at a podium or something and I can't remember, but uh, that's, that's, that's the mind's eye speaking. And uh, there were some questions coming at me and I said, I think the big problem is in the pocket of everybody here. So I reached into my pocket and pulled out a, uh, an imaginary uh, something and I opened it up and I go, okay. This is the mirror that everybody should be looking at. This is the problem. Look into your imaginary mirror and see what you see. It is a reflection of yourself. You are the problem. 
by not reaching out and doing what you need to do to exercise your constitutional rights and obligations, that is the problem. It's cowardice, and it's laziness, and it's convenient. And (laughs) convenience is certainly a part of uh, the great American women's movement. I know firsthand, one of my big uh, advertising customers was in the, the National Association of Diaper Services. Oh boy, I had them on top of the world, on top of the world, but then Procter & Gamble uh, beat us back and was pitching convenience, convenience, convenience. So once again, all the diapers go into the landfill instead of mom and dad taking care of it, washing out the shit in the toilet, putting on fresh uh, d- diapers, the kid stays fresh, the kid stays healthy, and, uh, and, and uh, it's a lot cheaper and better for the environment, but it was the convenience that, uh, that wins out. Along with a woman's inherent sentiment- sentimentalism, uh, finding their independence in the 70s with good-paying jobs and able to put their voices into the newspaper, being hired by the Jew media and the press, who put these women, <coughs> excuse me, to work, news gathering in the columns. 80% of the Jews vote liberal, remember that. 80% of the women vote liberal. So the perspectives that they came out with the stories that they chose, you don't choose those stories that you read. There's a lot of stories out there that should be in the newspaper, but doesn't meet their agenda, so you don't see them. And so the stories that you do read are coming at you from a liberal person's perspective. Oftentimes, a poor me perspective something that we should understand and realize the nature of who's controlling what's being learned and professed by all Americans out there today in today's world. And certainly that, is, that has gotten to be the nature of public school teachers as well. So the Jew owners, they love the slant of the liberal stories because the Jews are not only inherently... In, now, 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 now. I, 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 I know you're here thinking, oh, he's Jew bashing again. No, I'm, I, I've, I've got a book here that I'm going to show you. And, and I wonder if you've ever read it. I know you've heard of it, but I wonder if you've ever read it, okay? Because I'm not talking about the uh, Jewish race. I'm talking about the Jewish and the female propensity for liberalism. And that spells trouble with a capital T. And that's what we're facing with all the chaos in America. Nobody ever talks about the lack of parenting or the lack of values or morals or spirituality in the life of these kids who are shooting up the schools, do they? They never do. They just blame it on the guns. And that, my friends, is like blaming the Alphabet Beer Company, Budweiser, for drunk driving. It's all about behavior. But it was Karl Marx, who was the founder of modern communism, as he wrote the 
co-wrote the, manu- the Communist Manifesto, kicked out of over 11 countries because of his liberalism. Jews who came back to the fatherland after World War II in 46, 47, 48, didn't find a great deal of welcome. Not because of their race, but because they hadn't ditched their liberalism. Same as Californians who leave the crime-infested state that they've created to come to Utah, Oregon, and create the same politics. They're not always so welcome. And even when these people from Germany went to try to uh, find love and, 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 and harmony in the former British Palestine, which had then been called Israel because of United Nations obligations and charters. Along the way, they ran into British people who, too, did not appreciate their liberalism. So it wasn't just back home in Germany. It was throughout Britain as well. Have you ever read this book? Sean, am I showing it? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever read this book? It was written by somebody you might have heard of, Adolf Hitler, 1923. Adolf wrote Mein Kampf. Ah, the Nazi. <laughs> it's about a 700-page what they called here, well, l- listen to how, how, it was, uh, how it was described here in the Almanac. I read the Almanac in the newspaper every night. April 1st, 1924, Adolf Hitler sentenced to five years in prison for his role in the Beer Hall push in Munich. It was a protest against liberal politics. As Hitler was rising to, uh, you know, become chancellor, dictator in 1933, nine years later. During his, during his time behind bars, and he was sentenced to five years but only served one, he wrote this book, Mein Kampf. Here in the newspaper, they call it the autobiographical screed. Now, now why criticize the guy's book? Well, it's obvious. He's Adolf Hitler. What does screed mean? Oh, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, in a, hara- a, a harangue. It's a tirade. It's something that only a nutty person does. Well, well why, would, why would you do that? Because you want to make a point. You want to ha- make a slant that, you know, here is a crazy man. We don't want to have, give him any credibility. But he wrote this book in a year, and it went on to sell tens of millions of copies. I bought this about 23 years ago in Barnes & Noble for 18 bucks. Why? I I just had been hearing so much about it over the years. You've heard about it, too. I just want to see for myself. Pretty interesting book. In fact, Hitler's quotes (laughs) I use for my protagonist, Frank, in my novel at stevehornerbooks.com called The The Unusual Frank White Man. And so I use Hitler's quotes frequently 
because a lot of it is between liberalism and uh, conservatism. In the book, The Unusual Frank, Frank White Man, I get a lot of compliments about that novel. It's the only novel I have, but uh, among my other six books at stevehornerbooks.com. Check it out. So, so Hitler says in the preface, and, and by the way, today, folks, I don't have a clock to work, at, uh, to, to work with. And so uh, where are we at right now, Mr. Sean? I've got eight minutes left. Nine. Nine. Nice. Thank you. And so, uh, so <clears throat> we're just kind of going by the seat of our pants here. I'm using the radio clock that uh, us radio guys have all integrated into our psyche, right? We all have a pretty good idea about how the time flies. Well, in the, prefa- in the preface here, Hitler writes, I decided to set forth in this volume the aims of our movement and also to draw a picture of its development. From this, it will be possible to learn more than from any purely doctrinaire treatise. At the same time, I have had occasion to give an account of my own development, insofar as this is necessary for the understanding of the first as well as the second volume, and uh, insofar as it may serve to destroy the... Now, here he gets into the Jew press, okay? as it may serve to destroy the foul legends about my person dished up in the Jewish press. So Hitler's already starting to make a name for himself, and, uh, and, 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 and the Jew press, the, you know, the press is being owned now by the Jews in Germany, and, uh, and Hitler now finds time on his hands to write about how he can contradict a lot of what's being said. The translator in this book is a guy by the name of Ralph Mannheim, a Jew. Uh, He says he's full of, he's talking about Hitler now. He says he's full of popular quotations from Geth and Schiller and largely unintelligible flights of Wagnerian terminology. (laughs) Well, so what? You know, Hitler's writing this. In his cell, he probably doesn't have a lot of research material to, do, to, to dig on. He doesn't have Google or computers. He's got a pencil and paper. And so this guy comes along, this Jew, and brings him down by saying, well, he doesn't have all of the uh, facts. He doesn't have all the wisdom of these other uh, people, you see. There is no indication that he ever read any of the German let alone foreign classics from which he might have gathered some feeling for stylistic principles. He says Hitler has been called a paranoic. At all events, his view of the world is highly personal. Well, guess what? Aren't we all looking at the world from our own personal experience and lens? Of course we are, but he's got to rip him down because what he's saying doesn't mesh with the Jew world and the Jew agenda. See what I'm saying? He does, Hitler is a conservative, doesn't like the Jew liberalism, (coughs) excuse me, with the drugs, the homosexuality, the busted families, the busted schools. He goes on to say, even where he is discussing theoretical matters like the state, race, etc., he seldom pursues any logic inherent in the subject matter. 
according to whom? According to Ralph Mannheim and the Jews who are interested in also bringing down Hitler and, and, and illegitimizing any of his credibility. Ralph says he makes the most extraordinary allegations without so much as an attempt to prove them. Thank you, Sean. Five minutes to go. And when I was doing my single parenting book, I realized that no matter how, you know, when I was, when, when I was saying spanking is not a bad deal, <clears throat> as long as you're not a beater, and you wrap the, uh, the mischievous behavior around some conversation so the kid understands. And always, no matter how much I said, how little I said, no matter what I said, there were always, and, and I had a lot of radio and TV interviews about it, there was never going to be enough proof. So I've run into this before. Ralph says the logic is purely psychological. He goes on to say, this personalism makes Hitler a poor observer. Why? Because he doesn't, uh, he does, he doesn't agree with, with, with Ralph and the Jews. His style is, is without color and movement. You see? I get a lot of that bad mouth too, which I guess we're going to have to read next week. But I get a lot of people calling me really a, really a dumpster trash uh, author. Uh, horrible, racist, sexist. That was on Amazon. I'm not on Amazon anymore because the Amazon alphabets pulled me off because they thought the book, C-U-N-T, CUNT, which is an acronym for can't understand normal thinking, C period, U period, N period, T period, women have their periods. Men, we have our exclamation points. And we need to use them more vociferously than ever. Because the alphabets and the rest of the crazies are really getting their point across because we're at a tipping point, ladies and gentlemen, in the, in the country where there might be more of the <clears throat> liberal, li- liberal crowd. And then Ralph says, Mein Kampf was written in white Hot hatred. But all Hitler is saying throughout the book is that he doesn't like the liberalism of the Jew. And then he goes into uh, a section where he is talking about the goodness of being a dictator. <laughs> this, is, this is great. How, what's the time? Two minutes? He says, for there is one thing which we must never forget. In this, too, the majority can never replace the man. It is not only a representative of stupidity, but of cowardice as well. And no more than a hundred empty heads make one wise man will a heroic decision arise from a hundred cowards. And I guess that's where I'm going to have to back off these days. But what he is saying is that his country was being torn apart by apathy and cowards, idiots and lowlifes. And I look around the country these days and I think of Harry Truman, who said to Congress, he says, what we want to do is put a chicken 
in every pot. <coughs> but I look around and I say, but now we have pot in every chicken. Sean likes that one. But it's true. We have fewer and fewer cow, uh, 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 cowboys out there with backbones and, and heroes. And we have more and more of those who just want to f- follow the leader. No matter who that leader is, if, it's, if, it's, if he or she is saying what he or she wants to hear, then that's where they're going to go with no cause and effect and no pragmatism involved. And it's a long way to the end of the valley if you're out there with blindfolds at midnight and uh, you're just one step away from doom. What are we doing, 30 seconds here? Okay, buddy. Well, thanks for joining me here at Steve's Cottage, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so happy to be here with you, sharing time with you. And be sure to buy one of those self-authored books at Steve's stevehornerbooks.com and get a more uh, a, a deeper in-depth in, in look at what some of these topics are all about. So until next time, you take real good care of yourself and I'll see you back here. Thanks for joining us. Visit Steve's Cottage again with Steve Horner.